Hey, Zach here, and before we dive into this week's episode, I wanted to let you know that you can actually grab the recordings of our most recent Facebook and Instagram ads for List Building Bootcamp for just $25. Now, in January of 2024, we hosted a five-day live training where we walked our clients through step-by-step how to set up ads that grow their email list every single day so that they're always growing their business, always growing their audience, and always having new people to make offers to. Now, what's really great about this bootcamp is we have literally dozens of client results from it, and you can get the recordings of that most recent one from January of 2024 for just 25 bucks. All you have to do is head to theadsbootcamp.com. Again, that's theadsbootcamp.com. And you're going to learn step-by-step through how people were able to grow their list. Um, We have incredible results like Zeta, who added 67 leads to her list in just five days at $1.80 a piece, or Nora Jean, who added 62 leads for $1.12 in those five days. We have Brenda, who added over 500 people to her list over the course of a week, under $0.50 a piece. Uh, Heather Lalonde who did over 200 leads at 50 cents a piece. Amy Hughes, who added over 300 leads in a week. I mean, the list goes on and on. And those are just our January testimonials. We have even more than that, plus testimonials from the last seven times we've done this. And we would love to have you in next. So if you head over to theadsbootcamp.com, you can grab the recordings for just 25 bucks. It'll walk you step-by-step through growing your list. And in less than five days, you could have tons of new leads pouring into your list every day, semi-automated with Facebook advertising. So check it out and let's get into this week's episode. This is the Heart, Soul & Hustle podcast episode number 150. And on this episode, we're talking about team and hiring. So if you've been thinking about expanding your team, getting support, delegating, outsourcing, this episode is for you. So stay tuned. Hey there, you're listening to the Heart, Soul & Hustle podcast. My name is Zach Spuckler, and on this show, we talk about how to go from passionate side hustler to full-time online business owner with tips, tricks, and interviews to help you take it to the next level. Let's do it. What, what, what is up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Heart, Soul & Hustle podcast. Now, I'm really stoked for this week because we don't have a ton of guests on the show. We're, we're pretty selective about guests on the show, actually. But I had a, a good friend of mine reach out saying, you know, I'd love to talk team and hiring. And I've actually had several people reach out about talking about this, delegating, outsourcing. But I, I knew I had to wait for the right person. And I can't believe I didn't think sooner to have my friend Teresa Lowe on the show to talk about really what it takes to get the right people in the right positions. So I won't give away too much of what we're going to cover today because I want her to share and I want to give her the spotlight. But I do want to say this. If you are on the fence about hiring or you're overwhelmed or you're thinking it's time, this is going to be such an incredible preliminary episode before you even start the hiring process that's going to help you understand what barriers you're going to come up against, what issues you're going to have. And Teresa is going to really break it down to make this super approachable. So without further ado, welcome, Teresa. Hi, Zach. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, thanks so much for being on. I'm really excited. We were in a mastermind together. It's been like two years now. And (laughs) you were just like, you just like crushed it with your offer because you were so good at helping people become like the CEOs of their online business. And when I say that, I mean, like it was a really incredible thing to watch where you would come into companies or groups of companies at a time and basically help people like, actually hire and outsource. I think a lot of us 
we hire VAs and we like give them tasks or we outsource something to like an agency or a contractor. But like you have really got this art of like bringing people, getting people to bring the right people in and creating incredible companies. <laughs> I'm kind of joking on you, but I, I love what you do. <laughs> I'm super excited. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, your business, what you do, and let's go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you. Like, I'm gosh, that you having you say that is like making me blush. But um, <laughs> so I help online business owners streamline the back end of their business and then build self-managed teams. And when I say that, people think, oh, you're, you're talking about like giant teams. And I'm actually, it could be a team of one. But my background and the way that I got into this is I previously was the co-executive TV producer for the top organic gardening show on PBS. And I did that for nine years. And in our world here, in our digital world, our business world, that would have been a very, very high level integrator. So what I had to do was manage 26 episodes a season. And they were like, each episode was like a launch and we were traveling the, the country, sometimes traveling the world with these teams. And so every single person on that team had to be self-managed. And I was the one managing all of the projects and making sure that everything was getting done. So when I left that job and I started my own online business, I immediately knew that I needed a team. And it's very different when you're alone in your office and it's just you and the computer and you're like, I need help, but I don't know where to find it. And so because I had so much background in team building, I even struggled. And so when I finally got my team up and running, I just exploded. And other people started noticing that and they were coming to me for coaching, not so much on how did you build your you know, courses and how did you build your, your practice, but how did you build your team? So as you know, when we were in the mastermind together, I made a pivot a couple years ago and I started coaching people just on how to build their team and make the back end of their business super, super streamlined so that they could scale easily and so they could get their time back and would no longer be overworking and overwhelmed. And that was when I kind of feel like I found my ninja spot, right? I just, everything just aligned. And that's what I've been doing ever since. I just love what you're doing because you know, one of the things that we did at the beginning of this year, just to give some context, and I've, I've talked about this on the podcast, is we got really serious about the team and planning and like giving people responsibility. We hired a new team member. And one of the things that I think that's so great about what you do, and, and this is like be a great segue to talk about like preliminary steps is like a lot of us think like we maybe we know on some subconscious or maybe even conscious level, like it's probably getting to that point where I need support but we're like not quite there yet. I know that for one of our recent hires, I told my team for like two months, we were going to hire this person. My poor team, they're so supportive. They're so amazing. They stayed on me, thank goodness. <laughs> but like we really, like it is, like I drag my feet every time we hire. And I think a lot of people do that. So can you talk to us a little bit about like, where do we need to be mentally to like be ready to actually bring somebody onto our team? Yeah, I think... That's probably, you know, everything in our business is mindset, right? Everything that we are doing, we're stepping into something we've never done before. And a lot of times we have these beliefs in our head that hold us back and it causes us to hesitate like you were doing. It caused me to procrastinate sometimes. And one of the biggest beliefs that people have is that I'm not ready. So 
they keep thinking that there's this magical time that they're going to feel ready or that they're going to just know that they're ready. And so what they do is they keep waiting. Well, if we keep waiting to bring in help, even if it's one person helping us just a few hours a week, or if we already have a team and we know everyone's getting overloaded, if we just keep waiting, everyone keeps getting more and more overloaded. If we keep waiting, it's never going to appear. We're never going to magically wake up and go, oh, you know what? A flip of a switch now, I'm ready. It just doesn't happen. So what we have to do is start making decisions as our future self. And what this really means is that we have to start thinking as if we are already in the place that we want to be with our business. Would someone who is running a multi-six figure or even a multi-seven figure business would they be doing some of the things that we're doing? And we can always catch ourselves like, oh, I'm just going to fix this little graphic right here because we think, oh, it's just faster to do it myself. Well, honestly, it's costing you when you do that because our time as the CEO is massively valuable. Me spending an hour on a sales call with someone can, co- can be worth thousands and thousands of dollars versus me spending an hour creating a little graphic for my podcast. And we don't think about the cost of it. We think we're saving time, but we're actually losing money when we wait too long. And the same is true when we have a team and everyone's maxed out and we keep hesitating. That team ends up doing things that is really below what they should be doing. When you can get someone below them to be an assistant or a helper, or you can outsource some things. So it's really about not waiting until you feel ready because we actually never do feel ready ever. Yeah, I think that's so good. And one of the things that we started doing is kind of like almost giving our team by us, I mean me, but like giving my (laughs) team permission to like hold me accountable or tell me when I'm wasting my time or tell me when I'm doing essentially their job. And that has been a huge game changer, creating an environment where they know they can say like, no, don't do that. Yes, we can do that. And like, bringing the team behind me. And I know this is a little forward focused, but I've, I've got a connection we'll make here. But like one of the things that we, we did was basically told our team, okay, here's where we're going for the next six to eight weeks. We like to plan in six to eight week spurts. And when I come up with an idea, instead of just doing it, which is like the entrepreneur way is like, you have an idea, you do it. Right. And then it works or it doesn't, right? The whole like try a million things. But now when I have an idea, I come to my team and I say, hey, here's what I want to do. And they're like, no, you don't have the capacity for that right now. Or yes, we as a team have the capacity to get this done. And so all of this to say, I love what you're saying about never being ready. Because I think that one of the big mindset blocks for me is like, I was so worried that if I did this quote unquote right that I was going to bring in more people that were going to be responsible for what I do and responsible for like the vision of the company. So do you think that there is like also this subtle concern that's like you're bringing on people you're responsible for, but also on some level, they're responsible for your success too? Yes. So there's this whole responsibility on both ends because, but I think of, of both of those, I think what hold, what I find holds people back is that bringing someone in, we, we feel this huge responsibility for like, oh man, like they're counting on that money and I have to make sure that I'm bringing in enough money to keep paying my team. And, and we start worrying that if we keep bringing in more people, it's going to get too big. So I, I honestly, I think it goes both ways, but what I, 
think is really important for people to understand is that there are certain things that we as CEOs should be doing. Like it's very important that we stay in our zone of genius. Like there's certain things that I'm great at and there's certain things that I'm not so great at. And what, where I think we get tripped up is when there's something that we're really good at that is really not something we should be doing, right? So for me, when I first started my business and I started my podcast, I was editing my own podcast and I was really good at it and I loved it. I thought it was fun to edit the podcast. Well, as my business grew and I was sitting there spending way too much time editing, I realized that I really should not be editing the podcast when I could be creating my courses or working with my clients or bringing in more business. I shouldn't be spending a couple hours every week editing my podcast. And that was a tough one for me because I actually enjoyed it. So I think there's a lot of mental construct that we have to go through. And and one of the things that I tell people is if I were to tell you that I was going to start a hotel and you'd be going, oh, great. That sounds really interesting. Tell us about the hotel. And I'm like, well, I'm going to start this hotel and I'm going to be the bellman and the concierge and I'm going to be the maid (laughs) and I'm going to be the person in the restaurant taking the orders and I'm going to be the cook and the busboy. I'm going to do all the things myself. You would think I was a nut, (laughs) right? So no way that's going to work. And yet in our businesses, because we start with just ourselves, as it gets bigger, pretty soon we're doing that. We're wearing all the hats. And there has to come a point when we draw the line between what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing. And one of the things I tell people is you should do a time audit to really assess where you're at with your business. So doing a time audit doesn't sound very sexy or fun, but it's really a simple thing. And what I tell people to do is is you're going to monitor what you do each day for several days. And I have them put their tasks into different categories. But then we do some math and figure out if you stay in those different categories, how much money are you really bringing in or what's your return on investment? And that whole process is massively eye-opening. So I do a time audit myself whenever we have a big up-leveling in the business or growth. And I tell everybody, no matter if you're just starting or you are very established, every once in a while, you need to do a time audit just to make sure that you didn't get stuck in a rut of doing something that you shouldn't be doing. I think it's so key what you said that I just want to pull out, which is, you know, just because you enjoy something doesn't mean you should be doing it, right? And I think a lot of times as business owners, we, when we talk about delegation, we kind of, you know, we hear those traditional exercises, like, what do you not like doing? What do you like doing? But just because you like doing something doesn't mean that it's a quality use of time. And I, I would be curious to know, like, I'll be fully transparent. Like we are starting a YouTube channel to go with our business. And so one of the things right now is that I am the editor. And my big hangup is a lot of the stuff that you're saying is like, oh, we're not ready for an editor because we don't have any proof that YouTube works for us yet. And, you know, do we want to spend the money on an editor right now when it's like an arm of the business that probably won't generate any revenue for a while? So when you see somebody who's in a position like I am, who's kind of doing something and, and I don't mind editing the videos, right? That's, that's the big thing. It doesn't feel like this, at least right now, we're only a couple of weeks in. I know this is going to feel like a heavy task in about three months. <laughs> right. But what do you like? How do you get somebody over this threshold who's like, okay, 
because I want to bring two things together here. The one is the time tracking. Like I know in my heart of hearts, if I was to do time tracking, a big part of it is like running Facebook ads for people because we have the agency on our business. We've actively hired somebody because I shouldn't be doing that. I should be doing like higher level review, client communication, client relationships. But for the YouTube, it's like, we don't know where that's going to go. So how do you... And the, the word that keeps coming in my head is justify. And I know that's how I know I'm in the wrong mindset because it's not about justification. But how do you know when it's like, okay, maybe this is something to outsource or maybe this is something to investigate having a team member do? Like, how do you, how do you get over that mental hurdle when you're like, this is something new, this is different, this is unique. And I don't know if we can, I'm going to use the word, even though I, I feel like you're going to call me on it. How do I justify <laughs> needing somebody to edit the videos? Right. So yes, a couple of things there to, to unpack. First of all, when we are testing something out, like I don't want someone to take the time to go through the process because there is a time, you know, there is a time involved. You have to, there's a payment of your time to find that perfect person to bring in. So I don't, I don't think it is justified, as you say, to go out and try to find this perfect person when you're just testing a concept. So there's many times in, in businesses that we might try a new idea and different members of the team will put that hat on temporarily. But I think what you're really asking is at what point do you make that pivot or that switch to where you're like, okay, now we've decided that we think we're going to do this. Is that the time? And to me, it's the time when you realize that you're ready to go all in or you are realizing that it is taking too much of your time. And that's where the time audit comes in. So when you do this time audit and you're looking at your week and you realize that you spent 10 hours doing something at a certain price point and you think, what could you have done with those 10 hours that could have made you money? That's when it's a little bit easier to see because you're looking at it black and white with numbers. And if, you know, what I tell people is if you want to try this on, like if you want to do an audit where you're actually putting dollars to your time, I do have a free resource if you want me to, if it's okay to share. Yeah, yeah. Let's plug it. Okay. So if people go to streamline and scaled, so streamlinedandscaled.com slash time. There's a free resource there. There's a training video, a worksheet, and it walks you through exactly how you do what we're talking about. So when you do this, you'll be able to see pretty clearly, like if you are just fine and you're spending two or three hours a week on testing a concept, I don't think there's a problem with that. But when you are looking at the dollars and cents and you're like, wow, if, I, if I'm spending 10 hours in this department, and I need to move those 10, I can see you know, where our money is going or where our time money is going. And I shift it over to another category, it's going to make a big difference. And the thing is, whenever we hire someone, no matter what they are coming in to do, it should be making us money. Every hire should make us money, either directly or indirectly. So one person might be coming in as a salesperson, and it's pretty easy to see how they're going to help you make money or they're coming in as your marketing director. But what's important to understand is that bringing someone in to do the editing that you're doing, that should make you money as well because it's freeing up your time for money-making activities. So when I'm taking something off of my plate and handing it over to someone else, I'm always looking at, is this going to end up making more money? Does it make sense for the business that I'm trying to create in the future? Does that make sense? 
Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I love that you're saying every hire should be adding to the bottom line. And I think that that is one of the things that, you know, I've been doing this for six years. We've had various size teams. We've had various types of businesses all under the heart, soul, and hustle brand. But the one thing that we've always kind of said is like every investment, whether it be in team, courses, coaching, consulting, masterminds, should always have an ROI for the business. And it's the same concept with hiring somebody. So, you know, if you're not like, you know, so is it safe to say, I guess, here's my question is like, if you're, if you do the time tracking and you're like, okay, maybe I am spending five hours a week on this, but it's not at the phase of my business where it's adding to the bottom line, then maybe it's either time to set parameters of like, I'm only going to do this for 90 days. And that's where this five hours is going for the next 90 days a week. And, or when this starts generating revenue, then it's time to offload the stuff on my time tracker. That's the bulk of what's delivering this bottom line return. Yeah. So I really, honestly, I think the answer is both. It kind of depends on, you know, exactly what we're talking about, but if you're doing something and, and you know, you're not going to have an answer on if it's going to work for two months, then you're going to have to test it out because I would hate for someone to spend two weeks, you know, going through a hiring process and bringing someone in and training them. And then two weeks later, you decide you didn't, you really didn't want to go down that path, right? So, but if you say, I'm going to wait until I'm making money at it, and you know, it's, you're really not going to, you're, it's going to take you six months to make money at that. Because, you know, there's some things that take longer than others. That's when I get a little nervous. It's like, okay, if we're talking six months of doing this before you're going to make money and you're, you really want to do it and it's going to cost you every week over that time, that's a lot of your hours, right? I think one of the things that holds people back too is they say, well, you know, the reason I keep wanting to do it myself is because I can't afford to bring someone in. And so I think it's important that we talk about that too. That when, when we have in our head, I can't afford help, it's usually because people have a misconception of what's possible. And I had the same thing when I first started because I saw people hiring helpers at $60 an hour. And here I was just starting out and I'm like, I can't afford $60 an hour. Well, of course I couldn't. But there are people out there that you can get who are very talented, that are very reasonable. And you can find people for just a couple of hours a week. You don't have to hire someone for a minimum of 20 hours a week or, or even as an employee, you can get contractors both in your country and out of your country. But what I tell people is that when you're thinking that you can't afford a team, I want you to, to realize that there are options out there. And this was something that no one told me was that there are different types of people that you can bring in, even in our own country. Like when I start talking about this, people think I'm talking about overseas. And yes, over, there, overseas is an option, but even within our, within our own country, there are lots of price points and options of the type of people you can hire. And one of the things I didn't realize when I saw people hiring and paying 40, 50, 60 dollars an hour was that they were hiring specialty VAs or especially virtual assistants. And so there are there is a place for a specialty virtual assistant. Like my my Facebook ads manager is a specialty agency. So I pay a premium for that because they know their stuff and they're coming in fully knowing more than me, right? And so that's what I'm paying for. But that isn't the level of person I'm going to hire to do some 
graphics for me for my podcast, right? I don't have to pay that same level for something like that or to do my blog post, the setup of my blog post or the setup of my podcast. So what people need to know is that there's specialty virtual assistants, there's agencies where you are going to an agency and they find you a virtual assistant. That's also a premium because you're paying for the service of them finding your person and you're paying an hourly for that person. But a big cut, 50% or more is going to the agency for that person. And then there's this last category. And this was the category no one told me about. And that is finding someone, a general virtual assistant who is not a specialist. It can be a stay-at-home mom who's just looking for a few hours a week. In fact, everyone on my team is a mom. And so you can hire people who are just looking for some part-time work and they don't have to be a specialist because if you find the perfect person who is a go-getter, who is resourceful, a problem solver, who has the right characteristics, you can teach them anything. So if you're just looking for a small thing to come in, you don't have to pay a big price. Now, when you're looking for something like someone to edit your videos, there's a level of skill that you need there. And that's a little bit more expensive. And that is something that where you have to look at the cost difference versus you just doing it for another month or two. But when you're just getting started, I don't want people to think, oh, you know, I have to pay $50 an hour. No, you can actually get someone for $18 to $20 an hour who can help you a lot. And every one of those hours is like gold. You can use it for the most important things because you're getting your time back. I think that's so key because, you know, one of our first hires and somebody, and I shouldn't say first hires, one of our first hires was actually a special TBA. That's what we did. And then the person who's been on my team the longest, my like integrator, my number two, my cannot do it without them. We hired as a, 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 just a general VA. They were somebody who came from the offline world, very reasonable rate. We put them on a retainer that was super predictable for us, you know, and for them. And that's been amazing. And they, they didn't, they weren't looking for something full-time at the time. They just wanted something simple. They wanted something part-time. They wanted to be able to work from home. (laughs) We actually, the first year we worked together, we lived about 20 minutes apart. They would come to my house once a week and work in the kitchen. We would just work (laughs) in the kitchen together. But, but I think the, the only reason I share that not to take away from what you're, you're saying is to say like, it doesn't have to be this conventional, oh, I'm going to hire somebody at $50,000 a year with a given level of experience and this type of stuff. Like you can just start by saying like one of my first hires and even, even this, the first hire, Jessica, who I'm talking about, I was like, hey, I just need my inbox under control. Like, I don't know exactly what that looks like. I don't know what our system needs to be. But like one of our core values is like, I can't remember our exact word now, which is terrible, but I'm totally blanking. But it's essentially like takes initiative, gets stuff done, figures it out. And because I knew that that was one of the things that was important to us as a business, when we brought her on, we were just like, hey, I don't know what I need. I just know that at the end of the week, I need to not be 250 emails in my inbox. So what solutions can you offer? And having that kind of communication and relationship to even just say from day one, like, I trust you. I know you will figure it out. You don't have to be paying fifty to a hundred dollars an hour for that. Now, do we have people on our team who we hired that are specialty agencies, editors? Absolutely. But also, you know, those specialty positions aren't always a thousand hours a month, right? 
So it's like, I just wanted to throw, throw that in the mix because I love what you're saying is like, you can hire somebody who just has good values, good, good basic skills and good people like can figure it out. They really can. So I'd love to just kind of know your thoughts on that. Like for somebody who's like, okay, I do like this idea of like a general VA. Maybe I find them offline or on Indeed or, you know, but, but what are your thoughts on just saying like, okay, just find somebody with good character that you like, that you can see yourself working with, and then tell them that you just need them to help you figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. So I am 1000% in agreement with you. That's actually what I teach is that it is so more important to me that the person have the right character. If I'm looking for someone to stay with me long term, I want someone who has the characteristics that match me and whose personality matches me. And I actually don't care what's on their resume because I can teach anyone anything, but I can't teach character. So I agree so much with what you're saying. And I think one of the things that people do is they will have someone on their team who maybe isn't a good fit. And because they're afraid to go out and try and find somebody, they try to make that person fit. And I'm all about finding the perfect fit, finding an aligned person. And if their resume matches up too, like if they do have some experience, that's awesome. But to me, it's more important that they have the characteristics that I need than the skills that I need. So for example, if someone is a stay-at-home mom, but they were working in, they were running the PTA, well, then they can handle my inbox, right? (laughs) It's just like you're talking about. They have the characteristics of someone. And it's just like me as a TV producer. The reason I feel this way, I didn't start as a TV producer. I started as a script writer. And because I was a go-getter and a forward thinker, I moved up really quickly in that organization and I became the second in command. Now, I did it quickly because I was just like, I like saw something that needed to get done and I'm like, I'll do it. That's the type of people we want to have working in our business. Yeah. And I, I love that. And I think the nice thing about that is when you do trust people early on and you do foster that relationship and foster that character, it creates such an incredible culture. Like I would say, honestly, six months ago, our company culture was undefinable at best. But now we have this very like fun culture where people know they have to get stuff done. They meet deadlines, they're accountable, they're in integrity, but we also have fun. Like we get, I can't tell you how many giffies are floating in our Slack channel right now because we want this like fun environment. And that culture is a byproduct of this trust, of this, you know, connection with people. And what has worked so well for us that you're talking about is that we go after people who we like and we want to work with, and then we can train them. We can show them what they need to do. It's not, you know, we, I think as entrepreneurs, we like to almost glorify the things that we do in a sense, like, oh, no one could do this like me. When in reality, you know, maybe you have the ideas, maybe you have the unique positioning, maybe you have the market share. You know, yes, you have something that's you, but most people can do what you do. There, there are very few things you can do that other people can't at minimum figure out or be trained on. I know there's exceptions, but even like the best, you know, we were talking about YouTube editors, like the best YouTube editor didn't wake up one day and go, oh, I'm a video editor today. Like they developed those skills. All, everything is learnable except being you. And so I just, I just love this. I mean, what would you say for somebody who's like, okay, I'm hearing this. Maybe I need to get started with like a general VA. 
but they're still saying like, I'm just not at that point to hire yet. Like, is there, you kind of already alluded to this earlier, but is there like a marker in business that's like, yes, it's time to schedule. Does it come back to that time tracker? Like when the time is outweighed by the, or when you're working more hours than you want, or like, is there some sort of indicator that's like, okay, it it really is a clear black and white. It's time for you to get somebody in. Yeah. For me, the time tracker is a big piece of it, but also when you see yourself overworking and you're feeling overwhelmed. So we did not start this business in order to create a job for ourselves that we're working 18 hour days, seven days a week. Like that's, we would be the worst boss ever to ourselves. So when we see that we're working more hours than we want, that's when we need to look at bringing in help. So if your dream is to only be working six hours a week, well, then you should start working towards that vision now. And that means figuring out what could I take off my plate so that I can only work six hours a week or six hours a day or whatever it is. I had one client who her dream was to work four to five hours a day, Monday through Thursday, and she wanted every Friday off. So we built out the back end of her business for that to happen. And she was within 90 days living that dream. And it's not difficult. It's just you have to know what you want and then you start building that out. So if you're working more hours than you want, then it's time to bring in help. Mm, I think that's so good. So, you know, if you're listening and you're thinking, is it time for me to get help? Like, it almost sounds like one of the indicators of is, is asking that question because you're in a place of like, I don't know how much longer I can keep doing this. Yes. That's so good. And you know, that's how that's how we knew in the agency that it was time to bring somebody on is the point where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just like stressed out. Like what is happening? There's so many moving parts. You know, for me, one of the things that I think this is really similar to what you're saying was like, if you're, if you're worried, if you use Slack or Basecamp or Asana or, you know, really anything, for me, it was when the notifications started becoming stressful. Like when I was like, oh my gosh, I hope that's not the fire to put out. Oh my gosh, I hope that's not this. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. And now I wake up and I'm like, okay, if there is something in that channel or that, that notification, I know it's handled or I know it's scheduled. I know it's being taken care of by either myself or my team. And that has taken a lot of stress off of me. So if you're in this position where it's like the stress and overwhelm is real, it's probably time to start getting support. Absolutely, 100%. And the thing I just want people to understand is that when we say bring on a team, it can be someone just a few hours, right? Just those few hours. Having someone just organize things for you will free up your brain, (laughs) right? So we can get so in the weeds that we feel like there's no way out. I, you know, I have people come to me every week, you know, this is what I do all day, every day. So I have people coming to me all the time where their marriage is on the line, their health is on the line. They know they're sacrificing their family. You don't want to get to that point. So that's, I agree a hundred percent with this. That's so good. So for people who are listening, if they could get like one clear action item that they should take away from this, you know, I I think it's time tracking, but if it's like, okay, I I tracked my time, I'm seeing obvious gaps. Like what are, what are the next logical steps that we should take to start either building our team or finding people? Like, I don't, I don't necessarily want to open up a can of worms. It's like, here's how to job post or here's how to do that. I think (laughs) all of that, like, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think all of that is logistics and figure outable. Yes. Like, I, where do I post my job? Okay, if you're looking for a general VA or you're looking for somebody offline, go to a job board. If you're looking for somebody specialty, go to a VA Facebook group. If you're looking for an agency, 
do the legwork to research online, look at, look at ads, look at Instagram, right? I think that the logistics of getting somebody in is not as complicated as we like to make it up in our heads. I'll just leave that passing thought there for you guys who are listening. But it's like, okay, I did the tracking. I know I'm ready for a next step. Like, what is the first thing that I need to do to prep myself and my business to bring somebody new in? Yeah, that's such a good question. Okay, so what I tell people is once you've done time tracking and you have an idea of the role or the things that you want to take off your plate, the next step, and this is the step most people don't do, the next step is to get crystal clear on who that person needs to be. Now, I'm not talking about like, oh, they need to be a social media manager. No, I mean, who do they need to be on the inside? Because what I take, the process I take people through is that you get so clear on who you're looking for, the type of personality, what's, what types of things, like are they really have attention to detail? Are they a problem solver? All of those little details, we map that out because if you have that crystal clear, then when you do the posting, and that person crosses your desk, you notice it. You go, oh, there they are, right? If you don't do that, you're going, well, this person has a couple of things over here and this person, like you don't have it in your head. So it's just like what we were talking about, knowing what you want, you know, how many hours do I want to work and all of that. You want to know what you want in your helper. Like what would be your dream? And you don't hold back here. Like you really like, that person does exist. They're out there. And it's almost like by, declaring who you're looking for, you make it easier to attract that person. So the whole process, yes, it's logistics, but you want to be attracting just like we do when we're marketing and we're attracting our avatar. You want to be attracting that perfect person. So once you know what what role you're hiring for, the next step is to get really clear on who it is I'm looking for as a person. Yeah, that's so good. I think that's super key is that you know what you're looking for, because you can't identify what you don't know you're looking for. That's right. So good. And so we identify who we're kind of looking for. We do that. And I just want to throw this out there that, you know, one of the things that I think we get tripped up on, especially with like the specialty VA space. And again, we have worked with specialty VAs. I've had specialty TVAs in my business, not saying anything negative, but is that we get up in this mindset that a lot of people who are charging really high rates, maybe are thinking about releasing a course or are thinking about starting a program or are thinking about expanding their business. But not everybody that wants to work with you or with a company wants to start their own business. Like it's crazy to us as entrepreneurs that like that's even an option. But like some people legitimately just want stability, a retainer, a part-time gig, a little extra money. Like not everybody is looking to grow a business, become a millionaire. And like I would just love for you to touch on that because I know we, I know, I think we've talked about this in the past very briefly, but like for those who are saying, okay, this is all good and well, but if that dream person is out there, then why aren't they just starting their own business? Right? Right. Right. So you're, you're so true. This is so true. What I want people to understand is that when, especially when we're looking for someone and we're thinking we want them to grow with us, that's another reason why this character thing is so important is because if you find the right person and you start growing and expanding because of their help, they can grow and expand with you. And they end up staying with you for years and years and years because they're the perfect person. But they want to work for someone and do something that is bigger than themselves. So they are not, not everyone is wired to be an entrepreneur. You know, we know what it takes to be an entrepreneur. You have to be willing to get uncomfortable 
You have to be willing to take risks. And that's not what everybody wants. You know, we, because we want it, we think, oh, well, everybody wants that. No, actually they don't. Everyone on my team, none of them are entrepreneurs, but they love being part of something that, you know, they can see how their contribution is making a difference in other people's lives. And that is why they're there. So I really want, I really, really want people to understand that you can find someone who like, well, you know, I keep saying coming back to stay-at-home moms, but I find that so many people are hiring stay-at-home moms who maybe had worked out in corporate and now they're home with the kids. They have no intention of starting a business, right? They're just looking for something where they can be working a few hours a week. And that is the perfect person when you're just starting out. I love it. Well, I think there's so much here, you guys, like, I just want to throw this out there. Like, go check out the time tracker, go start making this list of who you want to work with and get clear on where you're at in your business. Because we've, we put some really clear markers out there about if you're ready to hire. And if you're not in a position to hire and your whole business is still in that, what's going to work, testing, figuring it out phase, maybe it isn't the right time. But if you're at that point where you're like doing all the things, you're a little overwhelmed, you're starting to feel like stuff's falling through the cracks, do the time tracking figure out where you are spending time that can be easily given to somebody else and then find your dream person because you can hire for character, you can hire from anywhere and you can end up with really incredible people on your team. So Teresa, before we wrap up, I'd love to know, are there any closing thoughts or words of wisdom for the people who are like, I'm in, I'm ready, I'm gonna start doing the work to find this person? Any parting words of wisdom for somebody who's kind of like, okay, I'm here, I'm listening to this, I think I'm ready to hire to kind of stop them from hitting that mental wall. Yes. So I think the the biggest takeaway I want people to understand is that whenever we're trying to grow something new, we're going to have to do some new things. And it is uncomfortable. It's a little scary the first time you hire, but I promise you, no one's going to (laughs) die. You're not going to (laughs) die. The person you hire is not going to die. It's just another step in the entrepreneurial journey. It's a skill that most people are not taught. We work so hard on how are we going to do our webinar? How do we build a funnel? How do we build our email list? And then when we get overwhelmed, we're like, no one taught us how to be a CEO and no one taught us how to hire. And so if anyone's looking for more information on that, they can follow me on Instagram. They can check out my website. But more than anything, I want them to know that this is just another step and it doesn't have to be scary and you can take baby steps. And it's a skill that you're going to have to learn eventually if your business is going to grow. So good. So you guys, we will put all of this together on the show notes over at heartsoulhustle.com forward slash 150. That's heartsoulhustle.com forward slash 150. We'll put this together for you. We'll have timestamps of everything we covered, a full transcript, links to everything Teresa mentioned. But before we finally let you go, which I think I've said like three times now, (laughs) but before we let you go, Where can people connect with you, learn more if they want to get more of your genius? Like what's the best way to learn more from the wonderful Teresa Lowe? Ah, thanks. So people can go to my website at streamlinedandscaled.com and they can catch me on Instagram at streamlinedandscaled. Well, Teresa, we will let you get back to your day. You guys head over to heartsoulhustle.com forward slash 150. We'll link up to that time tracker. We'll link up to Teresa's website. We'll link up to everything that she's doing. And if you guys love this episode, make sure to tag us over on Instagram. You can do that on Instagram stories in a post, whatever makes the most sense for you. 
I am heart, soul, hustle, and Teresa is streamlined and scaled. Is that correct, Teresa? Yep, that's it. Okay, streamlined and scaled. So connect with us, give us a tag, let us know that you're enjoying it. And guys, before we wrap up, I just wanna say thank you so, so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And make sure to tag us on Insta. But if you wanna go a step further, you can always leave a review for the show. We super appreciate that over at heartsoulhustle.com forward slash iTunes. Drop us a review. It's always great to hear from you guys and know that you're loving the content. We love the inspiration and connection with you guys. So if you wanna do a little extra, leave us a review and we will wrap it up here. So until next time, keep hustling, have a great week, get out there, hire your next person, and we'll see you next time on the Heart, Soul, and Hustle podcast. Thanks for listening to the Heart, Soul, and Hustle podcast. For more great stuff, be sure to visit heartsoulhustle.com.